if there's more than one of that, so there's not feeling not good enough, and then there's probably being a fear of losing the job or feeling not not comfortable with themselves, then the body mixes all these emotions up. The logic brain at the same time is trying to go, hold on, why are we feeling that? Or what's this about? And so then the cluster of emotions, I call it, creates anxiety. So this is, and then, then this is the next stage that you come in for usually around the late 20s, early 30s. They come in who haven't had treatments. It's that ball of anxiety. So it's ripping off the layers that way. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast, and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create, and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. I've been wanting to have an honest conversation with my next guest ever since I had a session with him in 2019. Dr. Evan Scarmotta is a chiropractor, certified NET practitioner, and the co-founder of Self Health Studios in Sydney's Alexandria. My session with Evan was my very first experience with chiropractic, and also my first experience with NET. It stands for Neuro-Emotional Technique, and it's an approach to stress reduction that focuses on breaking behavioral patterns and stress points that can show up physically in the body. NET also helps symptoms related to trauma and unresolved stressful events by helping to eliminate conditioned emotional responses and prevent reoccurring patterns of pain. The technique complements Cairo and borrows from acupuncture and kinesiology. My own interpretation based on my experience is that it's an emotional clearing of sorts. I've actually spent the last nine months sitting with what came up in my session. In less than five minutes, Evan got to the root of why I suffer from anxious attachment, something I haven't really spoken about on offline before. He helped me connect the dots to understand why my body and my mind behave the way they do in certain situations. And the reason I've waited so long to have an honest conversation with him is because part of my process when it comes to this type of self-work is to sit with the breakthroughs long enough until I understand them. And now that I do, I feel ready to explore how the technique gets to work on such a deep level. If you're suffering from chronic emotion and the stress associated with it, I hope this episode helps you. Here's Dr. Evan Skymotter and I for Offline. P.S. There's a bonus answer after my final question. Generational clearing. I'm obviously frothing at the mouth to have that done. I have to share with you, um, 
I've obviously been doing a lot of reading <laughs> on Cairo um, in preparation. Mm. I, I'm someone who, um, you know, we've had a session which we'll talk about, but I engage the services of a lot of different sort of holistic and alternate, um, I guess, practitioners. I didn't actually know that chiropractic is considered controversial. I don't know whether I've been living <laughs> under a rock or not. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very mainstream and accepted by medical professionals and shall we say like medical doctors. Um, But the more reading I was doing online, the more I was reading these articles about it being this pseudoscience and that it was like quackery is the word I kept reading. Um, I just wondered if we can discuss that a little bit and not, I don't mean in defense of it. I just mean, why does it have that reputation? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely changing as we go on, but it's, and I was like you, I, because I went to a chiropractor when I was little, like I experienced, like I explained. So I was like, why isn't everyone going to a chiropractor? I, it was just a norm. So it was really a big hit when I first started studying it at university um, for it. And I think what comes out of it is this big different philosophy of what chiropractic is towards the pharmaceutical medical community. Um, there is a big shift between that we don't actually prescribe any medication. Um, so we're not conforming to that. And I guess it's, uh, not, we're not, by all means, we're not saying doctors are wrong or anything like that, but I think there's been a bit of a challenge over the years for that. And we're talking 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, and there's been big fights with the, with the, uh, the medical board, with chiropractors back in the day. And, and it's just, it's been lasting ever since. Um, however, having said that, there is a big shift. There has been a big shift. I mean, chiropractic is a five-year degree. Um, and a lot of the, the younger, I would say the younger doctors in the medical field coming out, I mean, I see a fair few doctors and a lot of nurses as well. So there is a big shift with it. And one of the big shifts is that there's a lot more research coming out with it, with chiropractic. So mm-hmm. that's what really helps with anything really, um, and showing that it actually does help with certain things. Um, well, that's that thing is like a lot of people can't um, or won't believe what they can't see, mm, you know, mm-hmm. and it's that thing unless yeah. they have that, you know, research paper in front of them or yes. that scientific study in front of them um, or it's like accepted as a norm, then, um, mm. you know, then it's got to be wacko. <laughs> That's it. And and we'll, I can get to the NET as well, the research, but it's they usually say it takes around 20 or 30 years for science to catch up. Um, yeah. And the NET research is actually quite a, a good example of that because it took 30 years for the research to take up. And it's once the research is there, you're like, oh, well, we've been saying this all along, but now you have something to back it. but Well, now we don't have to fight uh, it as hard because yeah, you can just put a yes. piece of paper in front of people. Um, I wondered if you could share with us, um, and there might be people listening that see a Cairo regularly. I mean, I just haven't before mm-hmm. that you were my first session and my only session so far. When I was sitting on this stool this morning, I was like, I should probably <laughs> go back and see him. Um, <laughs> can you share with us what are some of the fundamental beliefs of chiropractors? Like what is it? based on so chiropractic um we say we adjust the nervous system um what we mean by that is that you got your brain right at the top of your spine and then you got your nerves shooting down all through your spine and 
every segment of the spine, um, all the nerves shoot out there, and they actually go to every single organ in the body, but they also have a, a branch that goes to every single muscle in the body. And through life, be it stressful life, be it a trauma experience of falling over or sporting injury or so forth, or posture at work, um, certain joints uh, become restricted one way or the other, um, be it tightness of muscle and they're not, they don't move as freely. And so what your body does, it compensates for that. Um, and be it that a particular muscle will overwork and so you'll change the way you walk. Um, and so what we do as chiropractors is find out which, which joints are restricted, which joints are not moving properly, and we start moving them again. And in having said that, then the muscles will start to calm down, the nerve flow will come back into alignment or the nerve flow will come back into uh, more of a functioning state and then the body gets into a, a normal a normal state so it has the ability to heal itself and that's just like when you cut your finger and then scabs over and it heals that's your body healing self and that's kind of what you're doing what's happening internally as well so that's the principle behind it mm. so it is a correction it's bringing us back into our natural alignment i guess yes yeah mm. yeah um so as I was saying, my session with you was my first experience seeing a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. um, it was amazing. Like I obviously walked out with a lot less lower back pain and remember on the bed, well, this would happen to you all the time, but like one leg was longer than the other. And I was like, yes, because <laughs> I always sit obviously with the same leg I'm doing it now. I'll put my feet flat, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, crossed <laughs> over. I will admit to you that I was a bit apprehensive Um and worried that like my spine could get damaged or mm -hmm. something like that. I wondered if, do you encounter that a lot? Are a lot of people apprehensive or do you find no? No, absolutely. I've, there's two different types of people. There's people who've seen chiropractors before and they're like, they know all about it and they're like, come on, give it to me. That's give what me my husband is like. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then there's people, by all means, who, like yourself, have those things, either have read myths or have heard stories of someone cracking and breaking a person's back or things, these crazy stories out there, um, who are a bit apprehensive. And um, how I manage that is through the different techniques that I do. So mm -hmm. um, I had to learn quickly because when I was going through uni, one of the biggest things was I wanted to treat my family because I was like, this is amazing, I need it. And mum was actually a big, I don't want any menu adjustments. I don't want any cracking. I don't want any of that. So I was like, well, I still want to treat you. So I have to figure out what other techniques out there to still move the joints in a gentle, subtle way um, without you feeling like you, you know, that noise or feeling like you're going to be scared. So that's what, again, pushed me into that line. So that's how I manage that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then after a while, like you've probably experienced, you get off the table, you're like, oh, I'm okay. If yeah. not, feeling better. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, it's hard to describe the feeling, isn't it? It was kind of like um, nothing hurt. Like I, when I got <laughs> up, I felt just like really like my body felt quite expressed and, you know, like nothing felt like, crun like crunched and tight. And yeah. Um, yeah, I usually explain it like it's like a lighter feeling. Yes, yeah. Um, and and that's usually because we're moving those joints that weren't moving properly. So the tension in there is releasing. Mm. Um, and it's actually quite amazing because that's how it all links up with NET, neuroemotional technique as well, because when someone's super stressed, especially 
is that our body holds it all. So even releasing that, some of my patients go, I just have to sleep for half an hour after. You know, yeah. it's just that that un, undoing the tension valves and it's just the complete release. But that's that lightness feeling mm. that you're feeling, yeah. Well, this is a good time for us to talk about um, NET. It was, you know, the main reason why I wanted to <laughs> have an honest yes. conversation with you. Um, I, after we'd done my um, adjustments, we did some NET and, you know, I actually haven't... Um, really told anyone about it. I certainly haven't spoken about it on the podcast. And I probably saw you, um, you know, it would have been a few months before the women's circle at least. So we'd be coming up to nine or 10 months ago. I've just mm-hmm. kind of held it. And I think about it often actually, because it was really emotional and um, lots of shit came up and, um, <laughs> You know, and so I'm interested, you know, now to to sort of explore what happened in the room, I guess, without getting, you know, too personal because some pretty personal stuff came up for me. Um, start by sharing um, what is NET. Just give us the, the lowdown on what it is. Okay. So NET, uh, short for uh, Neuroemotional Technique, um, it was actually created by two chiropractors in 1988 from America, hence why you'll notice a lot of chiropractors do it. Um, it's a stress reduction technique. So the main aim of the technique is to remove the emotional reaction or the emotional charge of a situation. So that could be it's different in everyone, but uh, we want to not change the situation by all means, but we want to more neutralize the reaction to it. Um, so the reaction will be then a water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's the underlying, that's the one sentence of, of what, what it, it is. is. Yeah. Um, and so when you say um, neutralize it, it's, so what came up for me was there was particular memories that, surface Mm -hmm. that you're, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about the actual technique, that um, what you were doing was bringing up these very specific moments in my life when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you say neutralize, is it to neutralize how my body feels when I think about that memory? Correct. Correct. So what we're doing, I mean, to take it back one step, everyone has three different types of brains. Um, we've got the reptilian brain, which is the one, the animal instinct part of our brain. We've got the logic brain, which is what we use for mathematical equations, uh, uh, directions, the yes and no answers. And then we've got the subconscious part of our brain. Now, this is we're in this 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And this just stores picture and emotion. There's nothing else. Um, and so we're storing it right now. And when we go through a traumatic event, a stressful event, and um, and it can be different to everyone, it's stored in there. And if your body's not going through a fight or flight response, where it usually should shake it off and go, okay, that's all right, we respond, it stays in there and then it becomes part of the behavioural pattern. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, if you tried something and you failed when you you've tr- and your body's gone, we, this is pretty awful, we don't want to feel this again, so then when you try it again, it'll bring that original up and go, hold on, remember, we failed. Let's not do that again. So what I was doing with you is it's trying to like trigger these feelings. Mm, and that's it's all what's about so the intense about it. Mm. 
It's just, it's like, I always explain it to patients, like siblings, you know, everyone knows how to poke each other's buttons when you're a kid. And that's what I'm doing with the emotional part of the brain, bringing up the emotions in a safe environment. And then we can trace it back to when it originally started, the feeling state rather than the situation. The feeling state, did you say? Mm, the Yeah, the emotional mm. reaction of it. So the situation might be completely different. Uh, you might have been triggered anger by, you know, a car cutting you off, but the anger of being cut off could be something else. Mm-hmm. And this is what how we find it out. So I guess it's worth saying if anyone's going to go and have a session on the back of hearing this, mm-hmm. there is an element of, I think, emotional preparation that they should have, mm-hmm. I think, of just like knowing that I'm going to go into this session and some big shit might come up, you know. I think that's yeah. what I found quite polarizing is because I do so much, you know, work and self-work and I just thought, you know, I know all my shit. I've been in therapy yeah. for years. I got all this and I meditate, you know. And yes. then I left going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and that's why I've been sitting with it for so long, I think, because it was so yeah, okay. profound. And sometimes, yes. you know, it's okay to take a take a second to just sit in stuff and and let it sort of you know, absolutely germinate a bit. And what I find with NET, because it's all done through the subconscious, it only comes up when it's ready as well. So because, like you said, you've done a lot of clearing, your body's mm-hmm. like, we can take it. Um, <laughs> whereas someone who's completely new, it, it takes a little while. I mean, I've had a client who got referred in to me and their mum told me the exact event that since they started changing their behaviour patterns. <clears throat> and it was quite a traumatic event. And so I was working with her for probably around three months and it didn't come up and it came up by something silly that she got triggered and then it came up and she was ready at that stage to go there Mm. because at the beginning she was a ball of anxiety and it was like her body would be like, no, we can't deal with this. We're going to collapse if we do. So you have to have that trust as well that your body knows what it's doing and we keep through the technique how we muscle test and we keep asking the body if it wants to keep going on by through different tests, um, that's the fallback, I guess, and the trust that it's all right, we'll get through it. Mm. Um, and also, like, hopefully I didn't leave you, but I try and not leave anyone in a vulnerable state when they leave. Oh, no, no, um, no. You like, and yeah. I I should share, like, you took immaculate care of me in the room. I mean, even through the adjustments, you were so gentle and asking me, like, is this okay and I'm going to do this now and it's going to sound like this. And so I think <laughs> I was more freaked out about the Cairo than I was thinking you know, the NET, I was like, oh, I'll have that in the bag. Like that's so my thing. <laughs> and then, you know, I guess my um, my interpretation for me personally was that there isn't a lot of things that really like rock me emotionally because, as you say, I've done a lot of work. So I think I was more surprised. Um, I mm. was, you know, it's quite a humbling experience, I think, to know that you think you've got all your stuff um, out in the open and you're processing, but really there was some things locked away in there that um, make a lot of sense in my life now. So, you know, I'm not against sort of bringing up a bit of what came up for us, but it was um, abandonment and then how that's now manifesting itself as anxious attachment in my life now. Mm -hmm. So I've spent this last little while just kind of connecting the dots a bit of you know, what happened when I was younger and how that has stayed with me, oh, my God, for, mm-hmm. you know, nearly 30 years. And yeah. I've actually 
it's patterned now into my relationship. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that. But the beauty of it is is that you can get rid of it because it's not. It's all learnt behaviour. So you can shift the thought pattern around it. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I try and push as well is the, like you said, that you sat with it for quite a while. So there are three steps that we try and I try and implement as well with different techniques, which is like awareness. So understanding the feeling. And I think a lot of us these days are understanding feelings a lot more. The awareness has been a bit of a buzzword. Mm. Um, and then we have to understand the feeling though, understanding why we feel this and not just surface level, like really understand and go beyond that. And then the third stage is actually getting rid of it, deleting it. Um, and this is just one of the techniques that we can get rid of it and delete it. So so um, I guess that's yeah. where I'm at now is because I do feel like yeah. I understand it intimately. And mm-hmm. I've just done lots of, I mean, one of the main reasons I went and saw a therapist in the beginning was because I'm anxiously attached to mm-hmm. Tony, my husband. Um, but it was interesting because in that, as like 18 months I was in therapy with a particular therapist, you know, you go there for one thing and then they start working on something else that they obviously see more prevalent. So I never actually got to that issue. It helped mm. me through a bunch of other really powerful things. Um, so it's interesting because when I saw you, um, I don't even know if I actually mentioned it to you. I think it had just obviously come up but um that's this is a thing I've been trying to get through and one of the reasons I started meditating and so Mm. it all stems back to this same thing but I'd never made the connection from my childhood to Mm. now it's just been this always this sense of loss yep and that's and that's what helps it I guess it goes into that subconscious memory bank Mm. and it finds it straight away going this is the and whatever comes up as well is your emotional reality so what I mean by that is that that's what you perceive to felt at that particular time and that's true to you. So this is like what they call that, like the story that we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. So Brené Brown talks really well, good of things about this. Yeah. It's like, you know, you walk on the street and someone doesn't say hi to you and you're thinking, oh, what are they, why am I, they annoyed with me? That's the story. So that mm-hmm. happens constantly and that's the, our emotional reality. Yeah. Which can get us undone. So, yeah. <laughs> what is that great saying? Um, we, the reality we create is the rea- reality we experience. Mm. And so what you're saying is my um, personal experience with that situation when I was little mm-hmm. is my own. But if there was someone standing next to me, they would have experienced it an entirely different way and held that emotion differently than I have. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's all unique. And I really explain that as well because some people might go back to their parents and go, oh, this is how you treated me. And they're why like, did you no, fuck me I up? Didn't treat- <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, this is how, and it's just how you perceived it for one reason or another that mm-hmm. we get to it. Um, and it is what it is. I always say there's no loyalty in the room and there's no like judgment in the room because it's just an emotional trauma and emotional reality and we clear it. So. Yeah. I look at it more of a positive side of like, yeah, this is heavy stuff that we're clearing, but it's good. It's done. It's gone. One interpretation of what Evan has just explained is what it looks like to exist in witness consciousness, something I guide students to understand in my first course, make contact with your true self, align to your purpose and redefine your success. 
I explain the concept of witness consciousness and provide an exercise that helps us to become observers of our thoughts and our stories in any given moment versus reacting or living through them. You can find out more at getoffline.co forward slash study. And as a cherished listener of Offline, please use the code TRUESELF, all one word and caps, to get $58 off the course price. It's actually a good um, lead into my next question. How do you think about your responsibility to hold that type of emotion and um, those revelations? Like how do you prepare yourself to, because I'm assuming you must hear some really incredibly traumatic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've learned along the way of how to, I kind of, um, deal with the emotions and the energy that comes onto me. Um, it's very, very important. I take it very seriously when I'm in the room with the client. Um, in fact, that to the point of like whatever happens in the room stays in the room. And like I said before, like I make sure that they're not leaving in a vulnerable state um, mm-hmm. because we are tapping into the emotional side of the brain. So it's very, very important. Um, me personally, I get treated. That's be your end or that's um i get net done on myself from another colleague um i also um meditate i also do yoga but um the biggest thing is i do net and i also um yeah get other other type of healings to kind of just teach me how to when i feel the energy when i feel the emotion to let it pass through me and not absorb it Um, but you know, there are definitely some days where you hear these stories and you hear these things and you can't help, um, get attached to it. But then I look in and go, well, why is this affecting me? What's it triggering it in me? So we're just triggering each other, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) That's it. It's just clear. It's, I look at it as like, okay, great. It's triggered something in me. What do I need to clear? Mm. So, um, patients help me dramatically as well. Because it makes me look inwards and go, oh, that's interesting. So that's beautiful. Um, hmm. That's so nice. It um it reminds me of like, you know, we choose our partners based on our wounds because mm. their wounds intersect with our wounds. And it's all about that growth, isn't it? Of like you're gonna trigger me to a point where I have to explore this thing. Yeah. And so anytime, you know, if Tony like just really <laughs> rubs me the wrong way, I'm like, well, this is all mine actually. It's got yeah. nothing to do with him and I chose this. Absolutely. And, um, can Absolutely. we talk a bit about the technique itself as much as you can share? I think just to give people listening an understanding of like what to expect in the room with NET, like set us up mm-hmm. in terms of what happens and then also what do you actually do because there's a lot of moving and talking and yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so there's two ways we can start the technique. There's uh, we, start, we can start the technique by saying an I'm okay statement. When we say I'm okay, it's not good, it's not bad, it is what it is. So we could say um, I'm okay with the current situation. And by saying I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm not saying I'm wishing for it. It's just I want to be okay with it. So if we, and it's all done through muscle testing, so a bit of like a kinesiology, it borrows into that. Well, I was going to ask that question. Is there a, yeah, was that connected? But you've just answered that for me. So there is a connection. Yes. Yeah. So the kinesiology muscle testing 
um, is brought in, and that's how we test to see if the body's reacting to that statement or not. And if it is an incongruent statement, as in if you are going to have a reaction to it, um, so for example, I'm okay, dr- I'm okay driving in the rain. So if there is a reaction like, oh yeah, I'm nervous, the, the arm will go down. And so then the next step is we have to find the emotion to that. And I can find the emotion. And how they I find the emotion is borrowing the acupuncture meridian channels. So every organ holds a different emotion. And so we find whatever organ it is, or through muscle testing. So hypothetically, we find uh, kidney, and kidney holds fear. Mm-hmm. So we can test the individual emotions. So we found fear. And then I ask a few questions, and these questions tap into the subconscious, so they're not yes or no answers, but they're more about trying to trigger and get the lowest feeling of it. So I'd be like, well, how do you relate fear to driving the rain? And they could say, well, I'm fearful of driving in the rain that I could, I won't be able to see and I could crash. And then the questions are like, why does this bother you and what's the hardest part about that? And these are little, these questions are quite good that when you do feel the feeling, you can actually ask yourself, well, why does this bother me? Well, if I crash, you know, I will have to repay the car. And then what's the hardest part about that? Well, I don't have any money and won't be able to feed my family and protect my family. Okay. So, and we test to see the lowest so common denominator. Yeah. Yeah. So it's our protection. So that's how it traces back. Mm. And then we go, we can check an original event of this. And we check the original event of when there was the emotion or fear around a situation where there was where you felt like you couldn't protect someone. And then we trace it back to the ages and we and the and the muscle test tells us. And then if it's around that age of so hypothetically, if we got eight, it's usually around the age of eight. And then that's that's when we start exploring that. Um, and I'm only asking, like, where where were you? What were you doing? I don't ever imply. It's really important, this type of steps, because you can generally, you can direct them in a particular way. So it's very important to kind of just be there, fly on the wall, let them go through it, and you can just check um, mm. to see if they're on the right track. Then when once, hypothetically, if it was um, eight years old, couldn't protect a friend because they were getting bullied. So we found that and then we clear it by um, holding on to the organ that we found and me tapping out on the spine relevant to the organ. So what I mean by that is that going back to the spinal, the, the brain and the spine and all the nerves shooting down, every one of those nerves go to every single organ so we know which segment to tap on for the kidney. So this is the Cairo connection. Yes, yeah. So that's the Cairo connection. That's how you release the tension from the body mm-hmm. um, and the pathway. And then, and then we retest it and that's it. It's so, um, whoa. <laughs> like it's because yeah. that was the thing is I think that's the what's so overwhelming and profound about the experience is how quickly you get from driving in the rain to the inability to protect your friend when they were being bullied. And that was, you know, my experience was within, you know, two minutes, Mm. we were at the biggest fucking thing that happened to me when I was little. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and I'm thankful for that, actually, because like I said, I've been sitting with it and it's allowed me to make connections to now, which I think is the big thing, Mm -hmm. is connecting what happened to me and how is that manifesting itself in my relationships and my life. Mm -hmm. 
now mm-hmm. so that we can um, grow and heal. I wondered if um, this wasn't on my list of questions, but it might be interesting for people to know. Can you, I don't know if it's too many to do all of them, but what are the main organs and what emotion do they um, hold? Yeah. Okay. So um, very good question. Yeah. So I'm putting you on the spot got, now. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, um, I can start up the top, which is the lung fields, which is probably pretty important in today's climate. Um, the lung links up, they all link up with a different organ. So they're split up into different elements. So the metal element, which has lung and large intestine together. So they, that's all about grief and sadness, Mm. um, and hurt. That's the type of emotions around that. Then you got the kidney and bladder. So they link up together. So one's a yin and one's a yang kind of, um, energy, so that's all about fear, um, feeling stuck, paralyzed wheel, um, dread, the word impending doom is one of the emotions. So worst case scenarios. This is me. <laughs> so <laughs> impending doom is basically my MO. <laughs> and see, and why there's different emotions? Because it it triggers the subconscious memory for that particular word. Um, and so that's why it's not just fear. We go through the different ones. Uh, liver and gallbladder is a lot of anger, resentment, frustration, aggression. These are the type of emotions. And then you've got a big centre where there's like heart, um, thyroid, adrenals, the triple burner, what they call an acupuncture, so um, your, your small intestine. And these emotions are vulnerable, um, non-emotive, lost, uh, feeling abandoned, deserted. These are the emotions that come up. And then the last one are two vessels on the top of your lip, actually, and they're mm. called convention, uh, governing vessel and conception vessel. And these, I say these are the big nasty emotions. There's shame, there's embarrassment, there's guilt, there's humiliation. These are the really nitty-gritty emotions that we kind of don't want to feel. But when we hit these spots, I'm like, this is going to be a good one because we want to kind of get that last bit out so Mm. yeah do you feel a bit of like I just saw your face light up then a bit of performance pride when they come in where you're like yeah (laughs) I'm really going to help you yeah it's (laughs) it's exciting because like I said the body only lets me do what it when it shows up so when it does I'm like good we're getting to this you know and I know we can wipe out this topic completely because these are they say the lowest common frequencies we feel is shame and guilt so when we're hitting those ones, that's closing that portal, that negative portal that when we feel it, we open it. And, mm. you know, you're not, people aren't going to get out of that if, they, if they're not strong enough. So It's probably a really good book recommendation here that sort of sits alongside this, um, not this work, but like the, um, the score or the level of the shape of an emotional energy in that David Hawkins' is Letting Go book. Have you read that? Mm. Mm-hmm. But it basically yeah. documents all the different um, emotions that we feel and what um, what level they're at. And then it helps us mm-hmm. understand, you know, like you said, like shame is one of the lowest yes. that you can feel. And then yeah. it goes up into sort of love and acceptance and all of that. But um, it's a really incredible, it's a, it's a, it's a dense read. It's one of those ones yes. where you really got to stick with it, but it starts to get quite um, profound. Yeah, yeah. One of our yoga teachers actually lent it to me oh, um, cool. a while back. I still have it because I'm still reading it because it is a dense read. Yeah. Um, but it's very interesting. 
It's it very is. interesting. It and explains a lot. So well with what you do. Um, I can highly recommend the audio book if helpful. I started on okay. the physical <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck, no. And then um yeah, it's only the guy who reads the audio book. I always it's beautiful when you can have the author read their own work, but mm-hmm. of course David's passed. So that's not possible. So the guy who reads it is a bit um he's a bit his voice is a bit flashy, you know, those people who it sounds like an ad. Um, yeah. but I got through it with, um, with the audio book. So there's a little tip for you. See, teaching the teachers. Okay. It was at this point, I was curious to understand the link, if any, between chronic emotion and a physical ailment or medical illness. Can stored emotion manifest itself as disease? And is this the way it finally gets our attention? It's a fine line with it. I mean, um, definitely if it's, well, I go back to one of the four pillars that we talk about stress, emotional stress, um, from an energy, I guess, emotional clearer point of view. Um, yeah, my point is that if you have enough emotional stress, then it can create um, stress in the body, which will create a, a, an, Ill, an illness. Um, so one of the things with the NET research shows that once you're in that chronic stress, what happens is that you increase the inflammation in your body and every disease known to man is inflammation. Mm-hmm. So that's the principle behind why we're doing this or, you know, not just sitting with it and going, don't worry, you'll be right. It's because at the end of the day, you're removing the inflammation out of the body. Um, so at in end, yeah, if you put the two to two together, then you would say, that it can cause um, heartache or infl- uh, sorry illnesses and things like mm. that, or be a contributor to, yeah, Could, yeah, can contribute to bioin. Mm. So the second way, like the second way we start the NET technique as well, is through body entry. So a lot of my clients would come in and we constantly have to treat the shoulder, and they say, I don't know what's going on. I'm doing everything right. Or even if they're coming in and they say, I get a headache every time I go to work. I get a headache. I leave work. I don't get a headache. And so, or, you know, and they, and so we can, we can touch the body where they're feeling it and find the topic of it. Mm. And generally we split the topic up in three different things that we worry about. There's money, job, finance, and career. Mm. And then there's love. And then there's the roles that we play in life. We're so predictable, aren't we? Yeah. 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 It's, it's literally those three groups and the roles we play is so as I'm a chiropractor, I'm a brother. I'm a partner. These are the roles that we play and the stress around that. And then we continue on with the technique. So um, that's how chronic stress can show up mm. in the body that way. It, it, it manifests in the tissues. So so if I, um, like one thing that's coming up for me now is I always have pain in um, the, the top middle of my back, like not above my shoulders, kind of in the middle of my shoulder blades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is that something that we would work on in terms of you would go to that spot and then we w- what would you do? Yeah, so any t- uh, emotional-wise, I would touch that spot or you would touch that spot and we could test it to see if there's an emotional trigger to that. And that's all done through muscle testing. Um, so we test the body and then we put our hand on the emotional points, which is just on our forehead there. And if there's incongruency, then there's an emotional stress related to that. Mm-hmm. Um but 
there's that's the emotional pillar by all means, which is a massive, massive pillar. And then there's the structural pillar. So maybe the posture over time has just tightened up. And so then you'd also need to adjust it or move the joints. Mm, could just be the way I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, two more questions. Um, I wondered if you could share if there's any, um, and obviously share as confidentially as you can, or not that you wouldn't anyway, what are the commonalities of um I'm thinking like issues or trauma that you're helping women in particular overcome. Like I said that mine was pinpoint, the pinpointing of mine was very accurate, which was fear Mm -hmm. of abandonment um, and that causes my anxious attachment now. Mm -hmm. Is there just commonalities, particularly for sort of women in their 20s and 30s that comes up a lot? Yes. um, I see a range of people in different jobs in that age group. Um, and it, there is an undertone of like self-esteem, not good enough that comes up, mm. be it they're being judged by a bigger boss, um, be it they have to do a presentation and they're just, they don't feel like they deserve to be there. So there is this undertone, which is quite amazing that it, of just not feeling good enough and the self-esteem. Um, and I think that goes back to comparing themselves with a lot of other people going, I should have been here or should have been that. Um, or yeah, and so that's the, the the biggest emotion that comes up um, with mm. the today's environment. And then if there's more than one of that, so there's not feeling not good enough, and then there's probably being a fear of losing the job or feeling not not comfortable with themselves. Then the body mixes all these emotions up. The logic brain at the same time is trying to go, hold on, why are we feeling that? Or what's this about? And so then the cluster of emotions, I call it, creates anxiety. So this is, and then, then this is the next stage that you come in for usually around the late 20s, early 30s. They come in who haven't had treatments. It's that bore of anxiety. So it's ripping off the layers that way, which is and a little bit longer. And that means they're going to have to have, exactly, they're going to have to have a few, diff, a few sessions at least to, because mm. I think that's really important that you raise that. You know, a lot of the time, um, and my personal experience has been, um, people will say to me, oh, well, I went and tried this or I went and tried that and nothing happened. And it's that thing of just staying with it because it is like the onion, like you have to mm. stay with some practices and keep digging to get to the root of things. So I think that's valuable that you've said you might not have that big revelation in the first session, but it may come in three months time and be quite a life changing experience. Absolutely. And look, anything that you do clear, even if it's the smallest thing, but you will feel better. It's not as if we're not doing anything important, if that makes sense. But the people who come in with anxiety, it does lower it down a bit. So they do feel a bit better, but it's up to them if they really want to get to the core of it. I never force anyone because at the end of the day, like I said, the body won't let you do it. So yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's just valuable to say. I think as, um, and this is a generalization I know, but as sort of very young, ambitious women, we want to have that aha in one go. We're like, come on, I want to have the moment where everything changes. But um, sometimes I feel a bit underwhelming, you know, when I share, especially in my own coaching sessions, that it's it's often years of very um, internal work and Mm. it's a lot of sitting in silence and it's a lot of introspection and reflection and 
going to see different people for different amounts of time. Um, I wish there was a book or one podcast or something where you could just, I think we just have that obsession with achieving. We want to have like mm. nailed NET and then, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. It's just ticking it off. Um, whereas seeing the new growth that you achieve in every time. So mm-hmm. um, another big thing that I say to my clients is that some of them come in and they go, I've done Reiki, I've done kinesiology, you know, it's, <laughs> I always say leave that at the door. This is completely different and let's mm-hmm. just go for it. It just all it means is that their bodies are a little bit more open. But, um, you know, I've had clients who've never done it before and like yourself, for example. Mm. So, you know, people who've ne- or ne- so people who've never done any emotional healing and it gets in quite a bit. It's just making them aware of these feelings. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. But if you're already aware of the feelings, then you're already halfway there. Yeah. So let's just try not to judge our performance in the room as the patient. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I definitely came in with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was like, yeah, I've tried most things and I've had some, (laughs) you know, really profound like spiritual awakenings, et cetera. And then I left going, fuck. (laughs) That was was amazing. Um, I did feel like um, it was a form of fast therapy though. I will say that Mm. like for what I probably would be able to achieve in 10 sessions with a psychologist Mm -hmm. um I did feel like for me personally we got to the root of my 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 stuff pretty quick so I'm Mm -hmm. very thankful for that um I have a final question for you and I didn't ask you if you've listened to the podcast before yes I have you have oh I always on the spot isn't it you don't have to you're definitely not my target market um (laughs) but I ask each of my guests a final question um Mm -hmm. and offline exists um you know, to do the very thing that we've been doing in this conversation is explore self and mm-hmm. who are we um, at our core and particularly who are we without a, without those roles that you were talking about. Um, and so for you, it's the chiropractor, the brother, the partner, you know, mm-hmm. the NET specialist. When you're sitting in your true self um, without mm-hmm. those roles and those labels, who are you and what comes up for you when I ask that question? Oh, it's a very good question. Now I'm um, going to therapize you. Let's go. <laughs> so who am I? I guess I'm, I'm someone who wants to really, I mean, it might sound cheesy or cliche, but someone who really wants to help people in the emotional world. Um, I've, I mean, I've personally been through quite a bit as I was a kid, so not through traumatic experiences through my upbringing, but just personal experiences. And NET has helped me a lot and it's really taught me that you don't have to live with it. And I guess um, I'm really into that next stage where I really want to keep pushing the boundaries and teaching people, with, especially with mental health, that they don't have to sit in it, they don't have to sit in this pain, they don't have to sit in this anxiety and um, to really help to show and demonstrate that you can get out of it. Mm. Um, if I just sit here and see what my drive is, there's just that's what drives me every day to kind of keep going to the office and also to keep creating new different styles of technique um, to kind of keep pushing it out there and teaching people that they don't have to be in this mental prison that they've been in for so mm. long. There is hope out there. There is help out there. So 
um, at the that's end of the day, that's, 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 um, all I'm all about really. Yeah. Um, that's extremely yeah. powerful. And I don't usually do this, but now I'm interested very quickly. <laughs> that's supposed to be the ending. Um, yeah. what are you, like, how do you think about beyond NET then? Like what else? are you doing or would you do in the room that would extend that practice all those revelations yeah so i'm i'm realizing after a couple of clients um a fair, i've been doing this for a fair few times but i'm realizing that it's not just um the present day feeling that they're feeling they can they're also feeling we can also start clearing it generational um and mm. it's generational trauma from our parents our grandparents that we have absorbed and triggered in the present day um and it, just a brief explanation what i how that happens is kind of like how i look very similar to my dad if you see me and you see my dad you're like whoa you guys look very similar and that's the genetic looks and attributes of it also part of the cell is the trauma that they've experienced and it gets triggered when we similarly go through that event Mm. And clients, and this is that whole thing as well with the logic going, oh, what's this feeling? I can't understand this feeling. And when we trace it back and we actually do this new technique where we can kind of trace it back to generational, it is actually quite amazing to see the patients actually feel like they're experiencing it and clearing it that way. So, um, Wow, like they're just experiencing in the it on behalf of their Yeah, family. because they've, mm. they've absorbed it. So um, it's quite... It's quite, it opens up a whole new ball game of quicker clearing, I guess, um, getting to the, the nuts and bolts of why we do bigger patterns type of stuff. So, mm. be, um, and yeah, and clearing it that way. So, um, I, we, we're testing it out at the moment. I do it with another healer as well, um, in self health studios, and it's all just about, yeah, tapping in and clearing it generational which is, um, yeah. You know what's, um, I mean, you all have thought of this, but what's just immediately come up for me is how valuable that would be for people trying to conceive because, mm. you know, what is our responsibility as future parents to our children? And so what a gift we could give if we clear ourselves of that generational trauma, like... I'm just thinking Absolutely. even, yeah, like there's just a whole target market there of like, I mean, not just women, men as well, right, for their. Absolutely. The the person I do it with on, uh, she always says, clear as much as you can before you have kids so you can cut I've got to come and see you. you. <laughs> but even if you have kids, you can still clear it. But it is, it is it's breaking that, that generational pattern. Mm. Um, it's absolutely amazing what comes up. It's the whole thing of the body never lies. You can tap into it yourself. It's all through the subconscious, so it's illogical. But the feeling, the people feel the same feeling that their parents, like what we've found out and traced through. Um, and it's helpful with the other practitioner that I have involved, Leanne Magulius. So she's a medium by trade, So, and she can kind of jump into everyone's body and feel what they're feeling and see what they see. So it is helpful with her in the room to kind of validate everything. Um, I have to come in. This is like you don't understand. I am coming in for a session <laughs> with the it's two. It's the of next you. level. This is, and this is goes back to that last question of yours. This is we're just trying to find bigger, deeper ways to kind of clear it. Mm. Um, and 
this whole this whole pandemic that's happened that's actually pushed us to go well how do we do it and online so everyone else can do it so it's actually pushed us in a good position a mm. good direction but you know you always have to look at the silver lining but yeah oh i agree and i think you know the way i've been thinking about um what's what's at play right now and certainly with the bushfires as well is you know nobody when people are suffering and dying and when people are going through hardship and losing their jobs nobody wants the spiritual view right it's like shut up like mm. people are people are hurting but you mm. know if we go there briefly now there is some peace and i'm i'm not um not affected right it's affecting me in my life and my finances and our family and all of that um so i'm not like exempt from it but when you think about what's actually happening here is we are having um very, a very brutal and forced evolution, but a mm. very needed one. And so how incredible that we have to really get to creating and thinking of new ways to share our work and make what we do more accessible to people, which I think is only only a good thing. But like the big theme for me is correction. Like we've been living unsustainably mm-hmm. um, and it's nature correcting us and getting us back on course Um and yeah, I just I think it's one of those things where I've had a few people ask me to do, or more than a few people ask me to do an episode. I'm like, I don't think my view is relevant right now. I think when people have stopped hurting, you know, <laughs> maybe you get to the lesson, but trying to bring people to the lesson during the pain, I think is a bit obnoxious and, it's, you know. It's hard to do when it. They, is. When they're in that emotional body, yeah, you're not getting through. Yeah. Through to their yeah, to themselves sometimes. But, you know, having said that, a lot of my patients are still coming in and they're saying the exact same thing what you're saying. Yeah, good. You know, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people are aware of going and even clients are coming in and going, oh, I just realised I was pushing the boundaries too much with my work. I'll yeah. just wake up, work, sleep, wake up, work, sleep, and I have no family time. And it's it's there's a lot of people seeing a lot of positive things Absolutely. out of it. Absolutely. We're back in the mm-hmm. home. We're taking mm-hmm. rest. We're remembering what it feels like to be still and it's like really important for us to put some separation between still and bored. Mm. (laughs) I think, you know, societally we want to go to this is boring because there's nothing to do. It's like, or actually this should be our natural state, Mm. you know, but we're so used to distracting ourselves from our stuff. Um, But Mm -hmm. that's probably been my biggest worry, which I'm sure you're the same, is mental health because... You know, if people are in their homes, especially if they live alone, but, you know, not um, even people who are partnered in families, I think really deeply about, you know, if you don't have the tools or the understanding of what's circling for you, that would be extremely hard to start processing alone. Yep. Yeah. So you being online is actually amazing because people can (laughs) book and let's see how long it lasts. But, um, Thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, and just broadly thank you for the work that you're doing and the way you're continuing to explore it because I think it's a real gift to, to all of us. Oh, thank you very much. You're too kind. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. 
Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.